1: Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. John Day is with us, local attorney. John, good morning to you.
2: Good morning.
1: Good to have you with us today. Glad to be here, thank you for having me. We have an interesting topic today, and, and I think we can sort of run this through a lot of different uh, different discussions. What is the rule of law, and why is it an important part of our society?
2: Fascinating question, isn't it? It
1: is. The more I thought about that question, I thought, man, he is right. This is such an important part of, of what we're doing here.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I think our—, our f-
1: As opposed to the Wild West.
2: Well, that's exactly right. Our forefathers figured this out, right? They they came here uh, 400 and some years ago. Now, getting closer to 500, I guess, 450 and what they were trying to escape is a system in England where there was a man uh, who made the rules. And, and uh, people fled that because not only the fact that he, there was one person making the rules, but also the type of rules that he made. So they came here to start something new and then established a very, very different form uh, of government in a different system, all based on the rule of law.
1: And, and that's, I mean, just stop and think, if we didn't have laws, uh, or if you chose not to obey laws, what would, we'd have chaos.
2: Well, I, many of us have seen on movies or on a, on a news program, on the television, uh, often a street uh, in Southeast Asia where they have 14, 15 lanes wide of traffic, except there are no lanes. I've seen those pictures. Yeah, pictures. wondering how does that work? How does that work? So you you think about it here in, in our system, we have two lane highways where everybody agrees, and the law demands that you stay on the right side, and that you don't leave the right side unless it's safe to do so, and that's a a simple, simple, simple example of the social contract being honored through the rule of law. We protect one another by obeying a law that doesn't restrict freedom in this way that it does, right? I mean, I really want to ride on the left-hand side of the road. I feel more free if I ride on the left-hand side of the road. Go to England. Go to England, yeah. But we understand at that basic level that we are safer things move smoother we our expectations are met if we stay on our own side and that is one minor 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 example of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of rules that society has adopted to apply to everybody i mean the governor doesn't have a different can't ride on a different side of the road than we can he is expected to be on the same side of the road. So is the president. So are members of the Supreme Court. And the rules have to apply to everyone or people lose respect for the law.
1: I, I was looking around uh, for, uh, I had not thought about this issue until you brought it up. And I was trying to sort of get a feel for, yeah, you know, it's it's important, but uh, let's, let's look deeper at this. And it talked about how we have no common national origin or ethnicity that currently forms our shared identity as americans we're, we're a a melting pot i
2: mean we we, really are. we are literally a melting pot that's right and it's we've had we've got new ingredients being added all the time i mean it it, it began you know relatively simply when uh, people from England came here and they were confronted with Native Americans, right? But then additional people came, and every time there's been an influx of new quotation marks, different, close quotation marks, uh, of people, there's been stress. Look what happened to the Irish. So during the Irish potato famine, all these folks who for some reason wanted to eat, <laughs> you know, surprise, <laughs> they wanted to eat and live, and they immigrated to the United States where there was all sorts of stress put on our nation because people from Ireland wanted to be here. And that has repeated itself over and over and over again. So today we truly have a melting pot with people from all over the world, each of whom have different customs and traditions, and we've got to try to get everybody on the same bus. So if
1: ethnicity doesn't hold us together or any other common threads, I guess the thing that holds us together is the rule of law. The rule of law.
2: Yeah, it has to. We, we, we have to have a system that sets forth as explicitly as we can rules of conduct That are applicable to all. It's important that that system of adopting those rules be transparent, and that there are people who are willing to accept results even if they are inconsistent with their personal feelings. I've, I've been in this law business now for 42 years. I've been involved in I don't know how many lawsuits well over a thousand maybe over two thousand i don't know i don't keep track Uh, in every single matter that i'm involved in my opponent thinks i'm wrong (laughs) that's because he's your opponent he's the opponent right (laughs) but you know people people could have legitimate disagreements of about how things came together the facts in other words and whether or not they caused a result. But at the end of the day, it is important that we have a structure for resolving those disputes in a peaceful manner, and we have a way to enforce those results. And that's, court systems don't really have the way to enforce results unless people are willing to accept the results. At the end of the day, for instance, at the end of the day, when there's a, a civil lawsuit, two people fighting over a car wreck or a slip and fall in a grocery store or whatever it is, at the end of the day, the judge will sign a piece of paper called a judgment. And that judgment says what the result of that case is. And at the end of the day... People have to respect that. They have a right to an appeal, and we have safe checks and balances built in the system. But at the end of the day, people have to respect that decision, and then the citizens basically enforce those civil judgments uh, themselves. But if the, I just I've I've been very concerned over the events of the last several years about a decreasing respect for the rule of law and why that is so important to a, a democracy and just a civilized society in general.
1: What can we do to turn that
2: around? Because that is frightening. Well, I, I think that we can, when we hear people being critical of the judicial system, we have to listen for where they're coming from and what biases they have. As I said a minute ago, every single person that I've ever brought a lawsuit against thinks that my client is wrong and that I am wrong. That So each one of those people feel wronged. When I lose a case, and I've lost them, my clients feel wronged. So they have a bias, right? They have a feeling that maybe something wasn't right. And the fact of the matter is that the American judicial system works right far, 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 far more times than it works wrong. Does it work wrong? Yes. It's run by people. People people make mistakes. But most of the time the system gets it right and we shouldn't forget that just because somebody who is personally aggrieved at the operation of the system says it's wrong they're after me the world is going to hell in a handbasket no it's not
1: (laughs) now you mentioned about the importance of having regulations rules and things of that sort Uh, We hear so much about we have too many rules, we have too many regulations. What are your thoughts on
2: that? Well, it's hard to talk about that in the abstract. But let let me give you an example of why things are more complicated than most people think. And I'm not being, when I say that, I'm not saying, oh, I don't want people to think, there's this lawyer. He's been to school for 20 years, and now he thinks he knows more than anybody else in the world. I, I, I'm not. I hope I'm not communicating that. What I'm saying is that laws rely on words, and reasonable people can have different meanings ascribed to a particular word. Let's take a simple phrase: "Thou shall not kill." Now, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Or is it? I know all sorts of people who believe in the commandment, but also believe in the death penalty. (laughs) And I think reasonable people can disagree about whether or not there should be a death penalty. But there are people who fully, honestly believe that the words, thou shall not kill, doesn't mean that the state shouldn't have a power to certain, put certain criminals to death. Okay? Every law suffers from that same problem. What do the words mean? And how do we send a clear signal to people who have to conduct business or conduct their lives... In accordance with the law, how do we send a clear signal about what we want them and expect them to do? So are there too many laws? Unfortunately, there are people, assisted by lawyers, (laughs) who will look at words and take different views of those words and adjust their conduct to comply with the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law. So
1: the spirit, of and I've heard a lot about the spirit of the, the law. The spirit,
2: right, right. So what, and you particularly see this in regulations, you have regulations adopted that explain a law passed by Congress or the state legislature and shed more light on what those words mean. And lots and lots of effort is to put into those to make it clear what the law means and how you should conduct yourself. And it's, those are drafted with the view in mind that we have to be as clear as we can or people will find a way to violate the spirit of the law. That makes a lot of sense. Now,
1: yeah. let's go back and, and analyze a little more deeply— the fact that we are a melting pot. Yeah. Now, you were talking about the importance of having uh, rules so that we can follow them. And obviously, uh, the state has a constitution. The United States government yeah. has one. Uh, there are regulations. There are rules set out for businesses to operate. They find form their own charter. Churches do. Uh, Everybody group usually has rules written out that guide them. Right. We are a melting pot. So if you add that to this and you go into a courtroom, you have a jury in some cases, some cases the judge decides, but let's say it's a a jury case. Is it always 12 people on the jury or is it?
2: In this state it is.
1: Okay. Well, let's say those 12 people on the jury, obviously they come from different backgrounds because... We're a melting pot. When you take those 12 different backgrounds and blend them with the rules that are being used in the courtroom, do you come up with 12
2: different uh, interpretations? And and, and what does that do for you? Well, juries, their job is not to determine what the law is. Their job is to ascertain what the facts are and take those facts and apply it, apply them to the law as given by the judge. So there is, uh, and juries are told that from the very beginning of the case, there is a factual dispute here, ladies and gentlemen, and it is your obligation to figure out more, like, more likely than not, what is the truth in this case and take those facts and then apply those facts to the laws given by the judge. And that will be the result of the case. So the jurors don't interpret the law. Hopefully they're given law that is clear enough that they can understand that, take the facts, apply the law to those facts, and reach a decision. So I don't think the the quotation marks melting pot, quotation marks nature, uh, influences the law in that situation. It can influence the facts, uh, finding a fact, because people bring all of their experiences in. And to the extent that you've had different experiences than the man or woman sitting next to you, you may look at those facts or the evidence differently which might cause you to reach a different conclusion on the facts that somebody else would.
1: Now, you mentioned earlier about it's so important for us to have and follow the rule of law and, and realize, you know, this is what holds us together. It keeps us civil. It does. Uh, if, and you also mentioned that we're getting away from that, unfortunately, and we're seeing a deterioration in, in people following the rule of law. How did that happen what happened to the mindset of people who just decided all of a sudden, hey, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing?
2: Well, I think <laughs> it's a very, very complicated question. So from my vantage point, what is going on is this. For a long, long, long time, our leaders paid allegiance to the rule of law. There was um, an understanding that even if I don't like it, (laughs) I understand and respect the law. As you know, every single politician in uh, in the federal level takes an oath to uphold the Constitution. There is no oath to the president. There is no oath to the chief justice. There is no oath to the Speaker of the House or the the Speaker of the Senate. The oath is to the Constitution. The oath is to the law. And for a long, long time, most, the vast, vast majority of our leaders respected the idea that their individual power was limited by the Constitution and they had a duty to obey it. I mean, I think, I think Richard Nixon is the classic example of that. Richard Nixon made some really, really, really bad decisions. I mean, horrible. With the benefit, I mean, I, I, I don't know what was going through his head. But giving him every benefit of the doubt, he made a series of bad decisions. But when push came to shove maybe longer than he should have, he quit. He gave up his office, and he accepted that he had gone down the wrong track, and the nation would be better served if he uh, resigned from office. That was the, a very brave thing that he did, courageous thing, and it showed that he was willing to sacrifice himself, for the betterment of the country, I think. Um, I don't know that we're in that same place now. I'm not sure there are leaders who would take that same move uh, right now.
1: We're talking with John Day, local attorney today. Our topic today, the rule of law. We're starting to get some questions in now. We're going to pause and check on the traffic and weather. When we come back, we will get to your question And let me pass this on to you. Uh, This is going to be a pretty hot topic. So (laughs) if there's something that you want to ask, don't wait until we're saying it's three minutes before the show's over. Get it in now. 615-893-1450. Text it to us. 615-893-1450. John Day will be right back.
0: This is MTSU President Sydney McPhee. You're listening to WGNS, your local connection to Blue Raider Atlanta. WGNS AM, FM, online.
3: Here in Tennessee, most dogs and cats benefit from year-round
1: flea and tick prevention. Here at Animal City, we are able to help. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. Make sure to adventure through our small animal department downstairs. Your next furry friend may be waiting for you. Hedgehogs, guinea pigs, hamsters, and so many other friends. We're celebrating
3: our 33rd anniversary. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street, Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas' Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
0: Cheers to Prilosec OTC. Without Prilosec, I wouldn't be able to enjoy all this yummy holiday food. Speaking of, whoever made that apple pie, delicious. Thank you. I just take one pill each morning and zero heartburn all day. So cheers to Prilosec OTC. Ooh, are those jalapeno poppers?
3: Prilosec OTC prevents excess acid that can cause heartburn, so you can enjoy the holidays. One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Sometimes I struggle to get hey, look, to Yeah, look at a crash over here on 40 eastbound, for day, right at 2nd and 4th is. Avenue, just past the south loops. Got traffic a little bit slow. Continues to build coming in from Wilson County right now on 40 westbound. As you come through Hermitage, it's still a little bit crowded. 65 southbound still remains heavy there at Trinity Lane. Still a lot of volume also on 24 in from Rutherford County, but it's moving up through Antioch. Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Check them out at Prince'sHotChicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on time traffic
0: don't throw away old flags WGNS retires old glory with respect bring those tattered Bibles here too we're more than talk
1: welcome back we have our questions coming in now 615-893-1450 our topic today what is the rule of law and why is it an important part of our society and local attorney John Day is with us and as he mentioned at the beginning of the program we seem to be getting away from people accepting the rule of law people used to say well that's the law and I'll I'll, I'll obey it
2: even if I don't like it yeah
1: when when did that it's hard to put your finger on. When did that start happening that we started moving away from that, making up, uh,
2: well, I'll do it my way? I don't know when it happened. Um, I, I think it's been a very gradual thing over the last 20 years that has, it's, it's sort of like the frying pan that you've got in your kitchen, Bart, That if anybody else looked at it, they'd say, why does Bart have that old frying pan in his house? (laughs) And it's gradually, over the years, gotten a little beat up, but it works for making fried eggs in the morning so you don't really worry about it. That's sort of what's happened here. We have gradually been slipping away, and then all of a sudden we're all looking around and saying, how did this happen and when? I don't know.
1: Uh, We have a question here from a listener. They said that uh, I used to feel pretty comfortable when I went to the election polls and cast my ballot. Now I'm not really sure what the person I'm voting for thinks about. I think I know, but I'm often surprised when they get into office. Uh, This is a troubling time for America. And I I think that people would agree this is a troubling time.
2: Yeah, there's... There's no doubt that um, I think people's anxiety levels over the state of the country are very, very high. Very, very high. What do you think it
1: would take uh, just from your observations to
2: bring us together again? Well, we, we started to talk about this off air, and I have no idea. I mean, in, in a, you in know, in a perfect world, people would spend time reading and listening to the views of other people and trying to understand where they're coming from. The challenge is that people are busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. people have got to work, they've got children. They've got softball games. They've got volleyball games. They've got lots and lots of things to do and limited amount of time to actually get information and process that information. So they tend to go to one news station or another. Uh, they call it the silo effect. You're in the silo and therefore you don't often hear competing views and it's hard to therefore understand much less respect competing views
1: here's an interesting uh, point that a listener makes they say uh, i had been a teacher for 42 years i just retired i'll tell you exactly what's happening the kids are not reading anything they don't read the newspaper they don't read books they don't read anything all they do is play with their computers hmm
2: well i think that's interesting of course that doesn't explain the adults <laughs>
1: well, you know, now now that that person mentioned that, that they're playing with have you ever gone into a restaurant at lunchtime look around the tables what are people doing
2: looking at their all phones ages yeah everybody's looking at their phone and i will and i will say this, uh, I understand and respect the teacher's point of view there, And I do think that screen time is a real concern. but I, I do have a sixteen year old daughter. And I will say that she uh, she enjoys her computer, uh, but she is one of the best educated and knowledgeable kids that I've ever met on what's going on in the world. I mean, she she reads and she is being taught in school how to evaluate what she reads, what are the sources for the information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So she, I, I too, lament the number of hours that p- kids spend on screen time in adults. But I, 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 I do think there are educators out there working very, very hard to teach kids how to be better consumers of information.
1: Don't you think it's become an addiction almost with
2: most people? I think it is extremely easy to pick up the telephone and yeah. scroll when you're not engaged somewhere else. Yes. I mean, I did. I was in federal court the other day, uh, Tuesday, and I picked up my – I was watching a trial, and I picked up my phone and started looking at it. Well, you're not supposed to have your phone on in federal court. I know that rule. The court – marshal came over and talked to me about it. But it was – I didn't violate the rule on purpose. It was a natural thing. The, their lawyers and the judge are up there discussing something in private. I didn't have anything I needed to pay attention to. I grabbed my phone, and I think that's what most people now do. Uh, the the efforts to give people a computer and, in their hand uh, that have been you know put on us by uh, the uh, so the norm of the is world. changing. That's the norm is changing. You you you've got all the information and entertainment in your hand rather than somewhere else. So, yeah, I, it is a heck of a problem.
1: So the solution would be to change the norm. I don't know if you want to change it back to what it was, but you know, change it in some degree to, to make uh, the rule of law what it should be, respect the law and follow the law.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's incumbent on lawyers and incumbent on judges and incumbent on politicians to speak differently about the way the system works and to let people know that the legal system truly works the vast, vast, vast majority of the time. Uh, I, get, uh, I get very frustrated when lawyers or members of the media refer to a this is a Trump judge or this is an Obama judge or this is an Obid- a Biden judge. That's. It may be a fact. It is not a material fact in the vast, 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 vast majority of of, uh, cases. The rules of evidence and the rules of procedure and the law are the same for Obama judges and Biden judges and Trump judges. And the vast, vast, vast majority of those judges know that and honor it. They do. There's one
1: retired judge here in town that I have the utmost respect for he is a tremendous person don ash
2: yes and he's a listener
1: he is a, that makes him even better <laughs> <laughs> and and don has said many times it's the importance of people coming into court not playing with the phone not diddling around with something that's in their pocket not doing this or that paying attention that brings about respect. Yes. And respect I guess is one of the big pluses of the rule of law. Oh you, you respect.
2: Yes. I mean and and respect means respect even if you disagree. And and that it's hard. It's very very difficult to be on the wrong end of a judicial decision and to let your bias overcome what should be good sense. <laughs> it's, uh, everybody understands that. I mean, every single morning in courtrooms in this county and every other county in Tennessee, judges are making 50% of the people angry. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. But we have to sit back and say and, uh, and understand, and good lawyers will tell their clients this, You have to understand that even if we lose, there was an honest disagreement. Somebody had to make the decision. The judge made the decision. We can appeal it if we like, but otherwise we have to accept it. There wasn't any backroom deals. There wasn't any favoritism. There was a decision made by an honest person who was trying to do his or her best
1: there was a a statement that kept popping up as I was doing some, uh, trying to get a feel for the rule of law, uh, because we knew it was the topic today. And the the statement kept coming up, a government of law, not men. A government of law, not men. Give us your feeling on that.
2: Well, the idea, it's, it's got a couple of components to it. Number one, that no single person should be above that law. You can't have separate rules for separate, for different people or different classes of people. It has to be the same, and everybody has to be subject to it, or people lose respect for it, number one. Uh, number two, it's got to be declared by, hopefully, elected representatives and interpreted by judges— that are selected through the political process different ways in different places, not just declared by a single person. I mean, if if uh, let's take a classic example. In Russia, there is no doubt for anybody who follows what's going on in Russia, that Vladimir Putin runs that country with an iron fist. What he says goes. And when people disagree with it, they tend to go. A lot of people falling out of windows in Russia, okay? (laughs) Lots of them. So what would it be like to do business in a country where one person controls the law? What is a contract worth in a country where one person can, if he or she chooses to get involved, say, you don't have to follow that? Or if you want to do business in this country, I get 20% of the business. Or my friend, the oligarch, gets 20% of the business. That's an example where a man or a group of men or a group of people make laws that benefit themselves or their friends. As opposed to the system here where elected representatives of the people make the vast, vast majority of the law. And the Supreme Court, an independent, co-equal uh, body of government, interprets those laws. That's the way we're set up. It's totally different. Totally different.
1: Now, we have another—this is more or less a comment from a listener, uh, and, and maybe you can give your thoughts on this one. They say that they are watching what's happening in the court systems regularly. They're watching what's happening in government. They're watching what's happening with police on the streets and people are trying to put wedges between groups of people. Law enforcement, the courts make people opposed. Just divide them right down the middle. Right. Uh, is that happening? Are you seeing well, that? I,
2: well, I, I, I have the same experience, uh, I think, as the commenter there. Yes, I think there is an effort to divide— and the, it is easier to conquer when you divide, right? So if you can try to convince people that they are being oppressed or they're being taken advantage of or their rights are superior to those of others, that others aren't as worthy, uh, that the court system is not entitled to respect because it appears to be focused on certain things that it shouldn't be focused on that that enhances the power of the person who's driving that wedge or the group that's driving that wedge yes so
1: is there this didn't happen quickly obviously we're not going to resolve it quickly no, either no no but i don't think we're resolving it we're not moving in the right direction right
2: now in my mind, we're not right now. It's a, it's a, it's a long term, long time coming and a long time fixing, which is very, very scary. Uh, you know, the way it's fixed many times is through a revolution. I mean, that's, that that
1: has crossed my mind. Yeah, I'm thinking, man, our, let's don't go that
2: route. Yeah, uh, it's terrifying. Uh, it's terrifying that, uh, but it's, you know. There's a reason why we are the world's longest surviving democracy. (laughs) We're not the first democracy. (laughs) There have been lots of democracies. We just happen to be the world's longest surviving democracy. And it's because, in one of the reasons in my view, is that we have a system of laws and a rule of law that uh, has worked for over 200 years uh, it is, and I, let me hasten to add, it is not perfect. As I said earlier in the program, Bart, it is administered by people. There will always be glitches in anything that people construct. Always.
1: And the fact that we have so many laws, that might be a positive to enable things to be a little fairer.
2: Well, I think people need guidance. And if you, if you don't have that, you increase the likelihood of chaos. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring up a very sensitive, I'm sure we'll get calls, you'll get calls about this. But there are zoning laws in some places in this city. And there are other places in the county where there are no zoning laws or no real laws. What happens then? (laughs) If you don't have zoning laws, then people can do whatever the heck they want to with their land. Now, there are lots of people who think, well, it's my land. Why can't I do whatever I want to with it? But if you've got a home in the country, do you want a meatpacking plant next door? Do you want a chicken farm next door? I mean, do you? I mean, do you really want your most important asset, your home? It's where most people put their money. Do you want a chicken farm to be be able to move next door? Now, if you build in a place where there are chicken farms, guess what? <laughs> You're stuck with chicken farms. But the idea is that zoning laws help protect people's use and enjoyment of property and without those type of laws chaos can result so that's a very a very simple example of why some level of regulation even though there it hurts certain people's economics interests or their personal interests, is is in my opinion necessary to avoid chaos and and advance the cause of justice
1: John Day, local attorney, is our guest this morning. We have a question coming up in a moment. Uh, we'll be right back with this. This is bringing in the pandemic that we just went through. and Maybe we're still in it. I'm not sure we're out of it yet. But they're saying that may have brought on some of these things. Think about that. We'll be talking about that in a moment.
0: Radio WGNs 100.5, 101.9, 1450. online and on your phone at wgnsradio
3: Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come and see us for all your garden needs. We have everything you need to help that garden grow, and we also have what you need for landscaping and your lawns. We have black and brown mulch in bulk. Please come see us and. As always, don't forget us for all your gifts, clothing, and pet needs. This is Tina Fox. Your co-op farm and home center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.
0: Does being a caregiver for your
3: loved one wear you out? Then Arosa Care is here to help. We'll see if you scattered rain showers here for this afternoon. Cloudy skies, a high of 70 degrees. Then for tonight, a chance for rain cloudy, low near 46. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69.
0: We're loud. We're proud. We're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders.
1: Welcome back. John Day is our guest, local attorney. And a uh, question here is dealing with the pandemic, and they're saying that uh, they feel that maybe that wasn't the beginning of this divide, but it certainly has added dramatically and quickly to the divide, changing the way we go to work, uh, whether we should work at home, whether we should work at an office. It's changed a lot of things about our life. Uh, have, have you noticed any cases, any court cases that have come up that sort of tie in with that?
2: Oh there's been a few court cases around the country that have dealt with what I'm going to call you know vaccine related issues, mask wearing issues, and that sort of thing. Uh, I do think you know, it's pretty obvious that there were really deeply held uh thoughts about whether the pandemic was appropriately handled uh, by the government and I think uh, the only thing I would say about that is this. I think it's really, really important to remember that when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, uh, some people say that we had a few weeks notice of it. Some people say we had a few months notice of it. Some people say we could have done a lot more. But it is fair to say that it was a rather relatively new thing that hit us, that we hadn't seen anything like it for over a hundred years, and it was terrifying. I mean, I remember wondering what was going to happen to the economy, what was going to happen to people, and the government's reaction to that was, I think, in large part, in good faith. Were mistakes made, obviously. As I said before, human beings were running it. (laughs) (laughs) there is <laughs> it's a massive effort trying to deal with something new, trying to balance the risk of human life against the need to keep the economy running, against the need to keep kids educated, at least the risk to the life of those kids. And nobody knew for sure what was going to happen. So lots and lots of decisions were made that further divided people, I think it's fair to say. And the only thing I would say about that to your listeners is this. Don't assume that anybody was acting in bad faith. Uh, try to assume that people were working from a lack of knowledge <laughs> and I, I, and and that we should study that and we should figure out and report exactly as best we can what mistakes were made so we're better prepared the next time this happens. But I, I would encourage people... Not to assume the worst of all the decision makers at that time.
1: So, because would you say change was felt in that time? Well, change, well,
2: there's no doubt that change was felt and fear was felt.
1: And, and yeah, that's what I was going yeah, toward. Any time yeah. there's, we're uncomfortable with change.
2: Well, yeah, nobody wants change. Well, I don't. Most, well, most don't. Want most change. people don't want change, or if they want change, they want change to go in a way that they think is going to be in their best interest. Where they're comfortable. Yes, exactly. But, but so it's real easy to ascribe improper motives to people who who make change in a way that's inconsistent with what a person wants. But I personally do not fault Donald Trump for the decisions that he made as president in those months, those early months. I have some criticism of things that were done later, but. In the early months, when people were trying to figure out, is this the end of the world? (laughs) Then I, I, I believe that he was trying to do the best job that he could do with the information he had. And we should not be critical of those early decisions. I really believe that.
1: So we have about three minutes left in our broadcast to sort of draw this together. Uh, We started out talking about the rule of law, why it's important to have this in our society. And the answer was, if we don't follow the law, we have chaos. If somebody just suddenly says, I'm not going to obey the laws, period. You start running the red lights, you go through stop signs. Uh, So let's, if you would, through your legal mind, (laughs) share with us how we can draw a conclusion on this and maybe what we should do as society moving forward.
2: Well, I I would just encourage everyone to consider the other person's point of view and to try to figure out what the true facts are. That takes work. That means you you can't spend all your time looking at this particular television station or this particular podcast that is known to have a slant. It means taking time to read and listen and try to understand what the facts are, the biases of the people presenting those facts, and then try to work for a a reasonable result, understanding that at the end of the day, if we don't have a rule of law, we don't have a democracy and we don't have an economy. We just don't. It doesn't work. I mean... For all the business people listening to this today, just imagine what would happen if we don't have a rule of law that can enforce contracts.
1: Something to think about I mean, right there.
2: Right there. I mean, one reason why our economy works as well as it does and it generates the highest GDP in the world is because people know that there are legal obligations and that they're going to be enforced by the courts of our country and therefore they can count on that and that's really really important
1: now before we leave because we've left people sort of hanging in a way we've had some last minute questions which we we knew we couldn't get to uh if people have questions or if they need your help uh how can they get in touch with you
2: Well, our office is here in town, Medical Center Parkway, and our telephone number is 615-867-9900. 615-867-9900. And be be happy to help them with any uh, personal injury or wrongful death questions that they have. Uh, That's the kind of work we do. And if somebody wants to talk politics, I mean it for a cup of coffee.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a winner. John Day, our guest this day. Uh, local attorney. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bart. Interesting topic, the rule of law. Uh, this will be in a podcast format, so if you want to go back and listen again and see if you really heard what you thought you did, check it out.
0: For our the Good Neighbor Network, WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. Flagship station for MTSU New Sports, Sports. From the Sports Radio. News Center.
3: I'm Ron Jordan. In honor of the veterans who have served in the Armed Forces, the city of Laverne will be holding its annual Veterans Day ceremony November 11th at Laverne City Hall on Murfreesboro Road. The ceremony will begin at 11 a.m. Everyone is invited to stop by to honor and thank our military veterans. Laverne is offering various ways to honor your veteran at your Veterans Day Ceremony, November 11th. There are Freedom Field flags and memorial bricks. Get details online at WGNSRadio.com. Middle Tennessee State University has given a written response to the November 3rd letter from the Murfreesboro City Manager, Craig Tyndall, that outlines serious concerns by the city between the two government bodies. The letter from Murfreesboro ends with, quote, Until the university begins working with the city on these issues, the city, at the very least, will oppose MTSU purchasing additional properties not associated with a short-term plan.